and we're back for another episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here from Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, the Lakers Fast Break, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Plus, if you can also like, share, subscribe, follow everyone involved, including Lakerholics.com, the Run the Floor podcast, and the Lakers Fast Break, along with my shows, the Pop Culture Cosmos, and Inside Sports Fantasy Football, it is truly appreciated. We are the champions, my friend, and we'll keep on fighting to the end. We are the champions. We are the champions. No time for losers, because we are the champions of the world. Oh, that feels good. Thank you for listening to us right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford coming right back at you here. But I've got a great cast and crew because the Lakers just won the 2020 NBA World Championship. I feel so psyched. I'm so happy. I'm glad I couldn't come on a few minutes ago because I was not composed, as if I'm not composed now. But I was actually just had to go ahead and get enough strength and and everything that's going on because it's been such an emotional ride. And I felt it in those last couple minutes. You felt this entire wait of 12 months and such a roller coaster ride for this entire organization and the fans that follow it over the past 12 months and here today to break down the Lakers winning the 2020 NBA world championship with me, our awesome, awesome cohorts in crime. Indeed. First off, I'm going to go ahead and he is been just an awesome fellow host for everything that's going on with the NBA draft junkies. And first off, I want to give a big hand to him. He's been a great fellow host, great co-host just throughout the entire playoff run. He's been with me at my side. He's been just a true pleasure, and it's just his deep insight. There is no better out there. You know what? If he went to GM school, he would break GM school because he's that good. (laughs) It is Rafael Barlow. And, Rafael, thanks for coming on the program. It just – I'm just going to say this right now. That second quarter for the Los Angeles Lakers is one of the most dominant final quarters I've ever seen in my life. Was it more dominant than the second quarter of game one? <laughs> that's what I want to ask. That's the that's the question I had in my mind as I sat down on this chair right here. Is it better than the game one on? I'm going to say yes, because you know what? you Miami wasn't sure in game one where things were going to go. They had a little bit of confidence. Momentum was sort of swinging on their side, swinging in their way. They were in the game at the end of the first quarter, only down by eight. And then you could see by the end of that half, when it hit halftime, it was all downhill from there. Yeah, I mean, game six looked like game one to me. They were they were very similar. Unfortunately, those are both of the games that Drakic played in. So I don't want to blame him for that. But yeah, I mean, that was, that was a dominant quarter. I mean, at one point, it seemed like the Lakers had seven guys on the floor. Like Miami couldn't get a clean look. Um all their shots were contested. I mean, the Lakers, the rotations were there. I mean, it, it was a very, very dominant quarter, like you said. But, uh, yeah, at one point, like I said, it really looked like the Lakers had seven defenders on the floor because Miami couldn't get a clean look or a break. And just the Lakers came out. I mean, they were motivated. And then also, um, I just think Miami ran out of gas. I think Butler just did not have anything left in the tank while – like you remember, I mentioned last game, a friend of mine that played in the NBA said last season was the first time he's seen LeBron breathing hard <laughs> in a game. Well, LeBron looked like he had so much energy today that he could have played 48 minutes if the series went was a 14 game series. Like that was the difference to me between LeBron and Jimmy Butler. Like you can make a case and say maybe Butler had outplayed LeBron and up until this point or or it was even but when it came down to energy today it was a totally totally different 
you know, it was just totally different as far as like their energy levels and. and Did that surprise you? No, I mean LeBron, like, you know, I I feel like Butler was carrying a, a big weight, but it's just hard to see LeBron looking exhausted or, or or not looking fresh. I mean, he always looks like he's can play another game right afterwards. So, so no, it doesn't surprise me at all. Well, also here today to give us their insight as far as what's going on as far as the Lakers and how they won the 2020 NBA championship. He's one of the blog editors from Lakerholics.com. You got to follow what he's doing today under the guise of Magic Man. It is Sean Grice. And Sean, you got to be a happy man. Dude, I am stoked. It is a 10 out of 10 on the stoked level. (laughs) I can't believe this. Like, I've been waiting 10 years for this, Gerald. It's been 10 long years. 10 long years. I got my party hat on. I got my party hat on. And to finally win it and to finally tie them. We tied them. There's no. Not according to Bill Simmons. (laughs) Yeah. All right, Bill. So you don't want to count this one, right? So I'll count it and I'll say we're tied with them. So sorry, Bill Simmons. Why don't we forget? Why don't we forget the eight wins that Tommy Heinsohn and Bob Cousy had when they were smoking luckies in the in the locker room? But six teams. When there were only eight teams. How about we forget <laughs> those? Exactly, exactly. But that's deep insight. And we'll get into your specifics on what really clicked for the Lakers today. Because, again, I'm going to say right now, it's one of the most dominant second quarters, finals of any quarter, uh, just ever. And he sleeps in karma. I, I just saw your messages, Jamie. That's too funny. And you know what? We're going to go ahead and hit it to you right now. It is Jamie Sweet, also one of the blog editors. And I know he's going to have five awesome things for his next article coming up in Lakerholics.com. And Jamie, you and I, old men, stroking our beards. There you go. We're not a, I can we're not as old as Laker Tom. But we've been Laker fans from the from the beginning, and I'll tell you what, for me, it's been an awesome experience, an awesome ride, and I will describe that kind of up in an upcoming article for LakerHolics.com because I'm going to do that for you guys. But tell me your thoughts right now as a Lakers fan. I mean, I am beyond elated. Uh, you know, like Magic Man said, long time coming. Um, you know, it's it's funny that Laker fans say that because there's so many other teams who still there's a few other teams who have yet to make it to the NBA Finals. <laughs> there's a lot of teams who haven't won the NBA Finals, and Laker fans certainly experience a level of entitlement that most other sporting fans don't uh, don't 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 <laughs> they just don't. Um, and you know, I'm just feel happy. It's it's a lot of monkeys off of a lot of people's shoulders. It's Genie's first champion as as running the franchise. It's Vogel's first championship as a head coach. Anthony Davis's first championship, you know, Kuz is the last of the future young Lakers, the only surviving future, the last of the Mohicans, as I like to call them. Um, you know, all of those things are, 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 and it's weird how you, how you can see some players like really take winning a championship. And this is something I'm curious about for next year. And I don't want to get into next year yet. Uh, I do have 72,000 trade proposals that I can't wait to put on my five things tomorrow morning. Uh, that's just just five less than what Laker Tom will be doing. I have zero <laughs> trade proposals in the canon. Uh, absolutely none. Uh, but I, you know, it's just one of those things where, you know, in, in, in I mean, you have to tip your cap to so many people, the NBA for making this happen, for putting this bubble together, which has proven to be incredibly successful. Uh, you know, all the teams that played, all the teams that didn't play for sacrificing what was left of their season and saying, all right, we'll take a mulligan on a third of our season and not develop our players and not develop our, our you know, our mojo. So Because that know, second bubble never materialized. It never materialized, which I don't know why. I never really heard anything about that, I, except for that it just kind of went quiet. Died on the vine. It was money. I have to assume it was money and they just didn't want to say, um, which is fine. That's fine. Uh, they did give them the permission to do like extended training camps or some sort of weird thing that uh, we'll see how that bears out. Uh, but I'm beyond excited. I, I do have to apologize. I do have to leave the podcast early. I've got 
future Laker fan, uh, my two-year-old daughter to uh, to put to bed and stuff. So I am going to handle that. So let her stay up tonight and celebrate. She's a future I, Laker fan. <laughs> she'll just want to watch My Little Pony. She's not quite. She doesn't know. <laughs> she's like me running around the forum in 1975. Uh, Going up to Chick Hearn and like you know with a with popcorn in my mouth or whatever. My my, my mom has all these stories of me as a young child running around the forum. Uh, uh, I was born to a block and a half away, so oh, from Los Angeles forum. So right, we probably ran into each other in the popcorn line. You there know? you go. There you go. <laughs> well, forum stories are the best. I, I and I hope Steve Ballmer doesn't isn't a dick and doesn't tear it down. Well, Is he there, said he wasn't. He said he was going to build around it. We'll see. I I. That's my hope too. It's a great concert venue now. I don't know if anybody's ever seen. Yes. Show. Yes, agreed. Um, anyway, Gerald, I want to thank you for everything you've done with the podcast and the and, and the web and the website. Raphael, I want to thank you for your incredible contributions all playoffs long. It's been great listening to you guys and hearing you guys break down games and providing you know a lot of a lot of things to think about and some really great viewpoints. Um, Appreciate Gale. your support and your oh, great articles you. on there as well. Yeah, no problem, man. And if you ever need me to pop on anything, if I can do it, I'm I'm happy to do it. Um, and Magic Man LT, you know, you guys are the best. Uh, Tom, I can't thank you enough for keeping the site going and keeping the spirit of the old Lakerholics uh, or the LA Times Laker blog alive. It's it's much appreciated. It's the best Laker blog that ever existed. So I don't care what anybody else says. So you guys enjoy the night. Go Lakers. And thank you so much. Thank you, Jamie. Appreciate you being on the show. Awesome, man. You've been awesome. Congrats. Thank you. <sighs> So you know I always got to give him the last word when it comes to our opening segment. And that is my good friend indeed. Uh, I met him. I reached out. When I reached out to all these different Laker sites, he's one of the first that responded. And when I met him, I I was just so thankful that I did because he's a little shy, believe it or not, on his first podcast. Wasn't sure exactly how to approach it, but he was eager to learn. And I remember his famous comment to me was after listening to a couple of his podcasts that he was on said gerald maybe i should talk a little less because i think i talk too much you know what i said just be you just be you and do the things that you do and you know what it'll be work out just fine and over the course of the next 12 months it certainly has He's a good man indeed. You got to check out everything that he does and is a part of at lakerhollis.com he is the mastermind indeed is my good friend, Mr. Laker Tom. And Laker Tom, for you, this has to be very satisfying indeed. You know, I've been a Laker fan since 1971 when they traded for Wilt Chamberlain. Um, And these last 10 years, I've still had glass half full all the time. Uh, So it's really great, finally, to have the glass fill up all the way and overflow. Um, I think just like uh, the guys were saying, there's so many people that you just really have to praise for this championship. Um, starts with starts with Jeannie Buss. Uh, everything, everything starts from the owner. And the decisions that she made after the Magic Johnson resi- resignation um, really set the parameters for winning this championship. I mean, that wasn't even a year ago today that uh, we were basically on the ropes. The media was just it's destroying the Lakers. Everybody was saying they were a totally dysfunctional front office. Um, we hired Frank Vogel, or we we brought we she kept Rob the fourth Palenka. choice. Frank, she, Vogel. Well, let me let me first give Rob Palinka his credit. Yes, she had faith in Rob Palinka, and I'm sure a big portion of that faith came from Kobe Bean Bryant, and she stuck by that because she believed in Kobe and she believed in Rob, um, and the job that Rob did is just fabulous. I mean. To think that he got, uh, I think it was seventh place votes for uh, executive of the year. And then you go to Frank Vogel, who, like you said, was a third option. Um, and fourth. thank God he was the fourth, fourth. fourth and third. It doesn't matter. Thank God he was in the Lakers. I mean, uh, the job that he's done this year, I mean, I was screaming at the TV when uh, when uh, Mark Jackson was trying to, to minimize how great a job he had done, saying that you got LeBron James. It shouldn't be a problem um, because that's almost a bigger challenge than anything else. He, everybody forgets that everybody said LeBron just came West in order to watch his son play basketball and, and work on his retirement. Um, and then, you know, then you go to the players themselves. Um, 
actually the assistant coaches, you know, you've got some great assistant coaches, the coaching staff, everybody was on the same page. And you got two superstars who basically were involved in everything, um, involved in the decisions of building the roster, involved in the coaching decisions, um, stepping up one after another. You know, I mean, AD wanting to, to guard uh, Jimmy Butler. And then tonight, LeBron saying, I'm taking Jimmy Butler. Um, you didn't see that on the Clippers. You didn't see that on the Bucks by their stars stepping up and taking on the main responsibilities. Um, and then the players themselves, you know, two of the most maligned players all year long were Contavious Caldwell Pope and Rajon Rondo. And those two guys came up really big tonight. Um, it was just amazing to see um, a rewarding, a rewarding game in many ways. Um, redemption, you know, that's all I keep thinking of when I think of this particular championship redemption for everybody from Jeannie bus on down to, to Rajon Rondo. Um, so it's, you know, you can't, you can't celebrate enough. Um, I was thrilled that I said, if all we have to do is hold them under a hundred points and to hold them to like 30 seconds. 36 points in the first half, 16 in the second quarter. Um, it was almost a shame that we had to have a whole whole half of garbage time, basically, um, because I looked at the stats at the end of the first half and the Lakers were dominating. Um, and the most beautiful cap of the entire evening is LeBron James getting that fourth finals MVP. Um, I didn't want I didn't want to have third. AD get it. It'd be his third. Is that his third? Dwayne who got Dwayne. one? Who, who? Dwayne got that first one? Yeah. Oh, they gave that to Dwayne? Uh, <laughs> okay, third then. At any rate, uh, LeBron deserved it. I mean, he way he attacked the basket in that first half was something else. I mean, he looked like the fastest player in the NBA uh, at 35 years old. That's It is four? Okay, yeah. so it's four. Yeah. I thought so because they said it on the broadcast today. Yeah, I thought that was four too. Yep. Thank you. Um, but I mean, that was, that was just the capper of everything because, and I could see in the second half, late in the second half, they were feeding the ball to LeBron. The guys on the team wanted him to get that MVP. They felt he deserved it. And they but all chipped in to help him. Well, you got to remember as well, it would, it, this was more of a team effort than everything yep. and then any game as far as within the series, because you got major contributions from I'm on the playoff train. The playoff Rondo train. I'm on it. I'm on it so I can say it. Playoff Rondo. Contavious Caldwell Pope. And yes, Danny Green after receiving death threats. I mean, yeah, that's, that's way out of bounds. That's way out of bounds. The treatment that Green and Kuzma got this this playoffs are, that's a shame for Laker fans. Those aren't Laker fans as far as I'm concerned. How, how about Alex Caruso trying a- out that starting. motor? Yeah, and that's AD, what I want to ask you. Starting AD at center in the final game by, by Frank. I mean, it's what I've been rooting for all year long. Yeah, um, he finally and, listened to you. And, or was he saving it? Opened it? up the game. It opened up the game, and Caruso, Caruso didn't score double digits, but he played a great game defensively. Yes, he blocked blocked one of Bam shots, caused several turnovers. Um, stayed tied on the guards. Um, he stayed tied on the guards. Yep. Uh, you know, after first couple shots by Robinson that he that fell for him he was vi- virtually invisible in that second yep. and third quarters Rafael I want to ask you this and you got headed right on the head magic man when you said I think a key and Jeff Van Gundy and Mark Jackson both criticized Frank Vogel for starting Alex Caruso today but quickly we learned that Raphael, I think that that was actually a brilliant move. It put AD at center like Lager Tom had always been asking for, but it also let him play off of Bam because you saw several times that Bam was just, they were so far apart that AD could go ahead and either move up on him or go ahead and protect the rim. And that was truly a, a turning point, especially in that second quarter. Yeah. I mean, Vogel made all the right adjustments. I mean, you look at the starting lineup from game one against Portland until the finals, he 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 made the every adjustment that he made worked, and so you got to give props to him for having the the guts to make those type of adjustments, especially as as, as successful as the Lakers were 
all throughout the season. I mean, there's been a lot of coaches that have been criticized for never making adjustments. And so Vogel wasn't afraid to bench his two best centers. Did Dwight play tonight? Uh, at the very yeah. end. He had yeah. a three in garbage time. Yes, I saw uh, that. <laughs> JaVale <laughs> didn't, didn't play the entire finals, I don't Yeah, think. so, yeah. I mean, how many coaches would have the, the guts to bench their starting center for pretty much the entire finals? I don't know if JaVale played a minute or not. The finals, no. I don't remember him, Zero. him doing it. Zero. Um, that was one of my questions with the Lakers. I, w- I wondered, going into the playoffs, they had such a, on paper, deep roster of personalities and guys that are used to playing a certain amount of minutes. And how would Vogel manage those minutes? And he managed them perfectly. I mean, I think Waiters being hurt kind of helped. JR didn't play much, but he was fine. Uh, McGee was a great sport. Dwight was a great sport. I mean, it was just from top to bottom. Everything for the Lakers just went according to plan. And you got to tip your hat to, you know, a guy like Dwight Howard, who I think is a future Hall of Famer, for accepting – one, a contract that basically didn't guarantee him anything to start the season, accepting his role. And then, um, you know, throughout the season, even when he played well in the playoffs, got a start and then was taken out the lineup again. You got to tip your hat to the, to the Lakers from top to bottom. But I wonder, how does Magic Johnson really feel right now? <laughs> Terrible. Because, you know, he's tweeting congratulations for everyone. You know, he's doing that obligatory stuff that he does. And he's and on the surface, he says it feels good. But he bailed bailed out and (laughs) and he's going to feel bad about it in the most unprofessional way. I don't think so. I think because I I think that I think the only the big reason that Magic quit, I think, was because. He didn't like the conflict. He didn't want to be involved in the conflict. And say, but that was that was the primary reason that, that triggered the quitting at that point in time. But I think behind that was just an understanding that he really wasn't made to do that job, just like he wasn't made to be a coach. Um, he, you know, he the businesses that he ran, the businesses that he was so successful for, those were businesses that are in some ways kind of like Donald Trump's success, you know, it was the use of the name, uh, and the celebrity, and you know, at least making a, you know, making money that way and, and lending his name to, to good organizations, but he wasn't the guy running those organizations. And that's the big difference when Palinka took over because Palinka had been, Palinka had been a big time sports agent and he had a bunch of people underneath him that he was managing and dealing with. He understood how you build, build chemistry and how you build camaraderie in an organization. Whereas magic, I think was, was more of a, a token leader, a, a face of the a face of, a face of a business that was good for, for the community and good for his investors and so forth. So I think Magic is genuinely happy that the Lakers are successful. Um, and you have to give him at least the credit for, I, I think, a big reason LeBron James came there was Magic Johnson. I mean, there were, a lot of other re- there were a lot of other reasons, but Magic was the guy who got him to sign on the dotted line. And so you can't take that away from him. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, that's that's true. I agree with that. But, but I also... I think I think a lot of people oversimplified why Magic left. Magic left because Magic didn't want to take the blame if there was a scorched earth policy. Yes, he left. Yeah, he I think that's part of it too, Sean. Good point, so, Raphael. Oh, yeah, I was oh. going to say, like, with the oh. thing about him being a token, I think he could have stayed in that role with the Lakers. Um, he didn't have to really. He got DefCon one and he bailed. Well, he wasn't yeah. in he wasn't in the office much. That was just pretty much well, how he ran his business. That that's another yeah. thing, though. I mean, when Jeannie hired him, she had to have known that would be the arrangement. You could yeah. keep him in that slot where because, Jerry West does as an advisor. Well, know? but he's but the problem it's is he had Trump's problem. problem. He tweeted, <laughs> and, and eventually <laughs> that was going to pull him down. Yeah. I think a, I think a lot of the problems were oversimplified with Rob Palinka too. I, I don't yeah. think Rob was this this guy in the office going around seeing if people were in the in the office at nine o'clock or yeah. not. I, I it, never got the sense that that guy was was ever that guy. Right. He well, wasn't. They, uh, he wasn't the backstabber that he was made out to be, nor no. the guy who didn't know about the salary cap. You know, all of that stuff was over, overdone. 
Yeah. Make my work so much harder there, Tom. Sorry, Tom. <laughs> you can blip that one out, Gerald. Well, that's the problem. I have to go through 25 minutes of footage, so I can't. Thanks a lot. <laughs> Anyways, back to the back to the Lakers game, Tom. Yep. Anyway, I will say this. Let me let me ask you this. When you went in the second quarter, when you were watching, I mean, that's the thing that Raphael and I, Raphael, I think, is leaning towards game one. I'm leaning towards this one because I think that it really sucked the life out of the Heat because the Heat really thought they stood a chance of of actually beating because all the momentum as far as going into this game was in their was on their shoulders. And it was really the more more pressure it was getting onto the Lakers. So I want to hear your thoughts. Do you think it was this quarter or the second quarter of the first game was that it was a much which one was was a more this, impactful? This quarter was a killer because it's a closeout game. It's it's a bigger killer than the than the the massacre, the you know, the Memorial Day massacre, because that wasn't a no. But I meant game. game one, game one of this. No, series. this was bigger than game one, because game you're game. absolutely right, Gerald. The Heat came in here thinking, "Hey, we can we can beat these guys," and they found out, "No, the hell you can't. There's no way you're going to beat us. Absolutely, we're the better yeah. team. We're the Bye. better defensive team. You can't score against us, and you can't stop us from scoring." But that's the thing now we're going to be hearing ad nauseum, uh, you know, if Gorn was healthy, if Bam had been healthy the entire playoffs, uh, entire finals. We'd had Avery we Bradley. We had, you know. <laughs> you hear, Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, you, know? you can hear the clear. You're going to be hearing that at ad nauseum. I'm just going to put it where it is. Howard Grace, let them, let them gripe all they want. Well, Raphael, it, I mean. Go, it'll go away. Like, you know, remember right after the Warriors won their first title, people say, oh, Kevin Love didn't play Kyrie didn't play but after a while you just it just becomes yeah so same thing with last year Toronto three more championships go ahead Sean. Well, t- Toronto last year they won nobody starts saying well you know what Kevin Durant didn't play people are still rewarding Toronto as a championship yeah. I think people just kind of forgot about it uh, a harder championship to win than any other championship out there even though they avoided they didn't have to play the Clippers and they didn't have to play the Bucks because of the bubble. This was much more difficult challenge. Go ahead, no Sean. home court advantage. Go ahead, Sean. Go ahead, Sean. Yeah, no, I was going to say, Gerald. Um, so, over if you look at the um, the NBA Finals front court MVPs over, say, the last twenty five years, you look at uh, Dirk Nowitzki. Kevin Durant, and now we find Anthony Davis shot 55, 42, and 90. Not KD, not Dirk, ever shot a 50, 40, 90 in an NBA Finals. So you're talking about a guy who's potentially going to be even better next year. What does he have to offer if he can shoot what was he, 27 for 30 from the free flow line in the finals, 90%? That's yeah, awesome. You know, he just did a great job. I mean, especially when they needed him today, and he stepped up. He had been – I don't know how you could say you were soft or that he was playing at a bad level in the last game. He was scored 28 points on a hurt foot. So I don't mm-hmm. know how you can go ahead and criticize him. The previous two games, he was very soft. Uh, I, I agree with you there, but – you know what? I will ask you this, Raphael. When it comes to his performance, I think he is the key factor as far as how the Lakers got it done because you always have LeBron. LeBron is that foundation, and LeBron is there going to go ahead and pick and choose those signs. But the, you could see the team really clicks when AD is doing it at both ends like that. Well, yeah. I mean, you got arguably the two best players in the world on the same team, and they're clicking. All you need is your complimentary guys to knock down open shots and defend. They make everything easier for everyone else. So, I mean, to me, LeBron deserved MVP. He is still the engine behind the Lakers. But, you know, when AD is, even if AD is playing at 80% of AD, he's still a top five player in the world. And you just need your complimentary guys like today. If the Lakers complimentary guys are knocking down shots like they did today, I mean, nobody stands a chance. And so it was it was good for the Lakers that it happened when they needed it the most. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break.
Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse, every week on Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options. Laker Tom, I want to ask you this. Where does this rank as far as the number of Lakers victories? Obviously, this is 17, with all apologies to Bill Mm -hmm. Simmons. Where does this rank? For me, this is the number one because of the things that they had to overcome from both a emotional and mental aspect, and obviously the physical aspect of going and keying yourself up and gearing yourself down and keying yourself up and gearing yourself down and keying yourself up once again with everything that went on in the bubble, the sheer mental will and drive you had to keep on going through each and every day. I mean, every uh, all these players have come out of the bubble say this is the hardest thing that they've ever had to deal with. And then again, like I said, through all the emotional ups and downs that the Lakers organization has had over the past 12 months, I think this is number one for me. I'd like to hear your thoughts as also a, a great Lakers fan. Like you said, since the 70s, where does this rank for you? I think it's the greatest championship that we've ever won for a lot of reasons. Um, first off, I think, like you said, this has been an unprecedented challenge to to play into the bubble with the break of the season, the death of Kobe, all of the various things that had happened. Um, and you saw that two very talented teams, the Bucks and the Clippers, just couldn't handle it. Uh, the loss of home court advantage, the loss of fans. Um, you know, it's 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 we'll never see it. We'll never see a playoff, a championship that's more difficult and more arduous to win than this particular championship. And then you add to that the fact that it's the first championship for the Lakers in 10 years. And as I've said many times, it's the championship that catapults LeBron into the conversation for the GOAT. It's the championship that catapults AD as the next great player on the planet. And it's the championship that catapults the Lakers past, I forget you, Bill Simmons, past the Boston Celtics as the greatest franchise in NBA history. And we need to win one one more. Finally, the championship that is going to launch the next Lakers dynasty. Well, let's hope that that's the case. With all apologies to Raphael, of course. (laughs) Go ahead, Sean. Yes, uh, Gerald, I'd like to remind Bill Simmons of something. (laughs) he could have had Anthony Davis on the Celtics if Danny Ainge had a pair, but he decided he was going to keep the kids and roll the dice and see what happens because I guess Clutch told him, yeah, you know, about that long-term extension if he gets traded. Well, it wasn't just, it was AD's dad. Well, Yeah. yeah, but I mean, I mean, even if you're if even if you're the Celtics, why wouldn't you take a gamble on one year? You did it with Kyrie. Why wouldn't you do it with AD? Oh, the, oh, so because now, they now did now it with Kyrie, right? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's great success with Kyrie. <laughs> exactly. You won a championship. I guess, I guess Danny learned. Oh, they didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I thought they did. <laughs> I just thought I'd throw that out there, Bill. There you go. Well, Raphael, I want to go ahead again and just tell you, it's been great having you, Sean, and Laker Tom aboard, and also give a big shout-out to Jamie Sweet. But I know you've been enduring this thirty, almost 35 minutes of Laker gleaming and glory here as we, again, uh, just celebrate this victory. But as my as my fellow man in crime for the past seemingly 90,000 days of the playoffs. I want to go ahead and turn over to you. 
for your awesome site and experience, NBA Draft Junkies, which will continue to come on the show. Uh, we're going to go ahead and I'm going to keep on getting lowdowns on the NBA Draft from you. You obviously bring great insight. I want to go ahead and hear the Christian Nyanga stories and the whole nine yards, but NBADraftJunkies.com, NBA Draft Junkies, and Run the Floor podcast. But your bread and butter is the YouTube channel, and you do some awesome things there. So what's going to go on down this week and in the near future for NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube? Well, before I get into that, I just saw a hilarious tweet. It says, drafted uh, by the Cavs, he was destined for greatness. He had success in Miami, but wasn't satisfied. He joined the Lakers with one goal in mind. Now Dion Waiters is a champion. <laughs> <laughs> that was Dion great. Dion got a ring either way, though. Yeah. Yes. And Boogie, was, too. Yeah, so that was that was hilarious by oh, CBS. My, that good. was an awesome tweet. Yeah, as far as my channel, um, now it's officially NBA draft time. And so uh, How I think far are we people, away? Oh, man, I used to know it by heart. Um the draft is November 18th, so probably what, maybe like 38 40, days, 38, 40 days, somewhere around there. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I'll, I'll definitely be kicking up a notch. I think this week I'll, I'll finish like my European prospects and then I'll, I'll go on to finishing out the um, the rest of the American prospects uh, for the NBA draft. Um, but, yeah, thank you for coming on the show when do we, we recorded that Friday and it's and it, it's doing pretty well. It's, it's that's up to like 1600 views on I YouTube and the podcast is. And I meant to good. say James mm-hmm. Wiseman, James Wiseman, for goodness sakes, James Wiseman. I'm sorry that I said Jonathan Wiseman, James Wiseman. My gosh, those people that are on you that watch you, thank <laughs> you for watching it. But my gosh, they are really quick to point that out. Go ahead. Oh, somebody even emailed me. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, uh I said I watched it, Gerald. It was a great podcast. Well, uh, exa- James Wiseman. James Wiseman. I even said on the comments, James Wiseman. My gosh. <laughs> so, right. yeah. But thank you for coming on. I, I really Any appreciate time. that. Um, like I said, it's doing I, well. I, think I, I, just need to come, I need to come back on your show just so I can have 10 minutes of me saying James Wiseman, James Wiseman, James Wiseman. <laughs> <laughs> that could work. Uh, but, yeah, out of my last 10 videos, it's ranked number one as far as views. Um, it, it even has 200 more views than the RJ Hampton workout video. So, um, that, that's pretty good. So once again, thank you for coming on. And then, like I said, I, I'll be doing, um, you know, just keeping up with the draft videos. Uh, I'll, I guess I can announce it tomorrow. So it will be Monday, but my NBA draft junkies, I can't call it a podcast due to my contract, but the NBA draft junkies show will now be on dash radio so once a week every monday at 10 i want to say 10 a.m central um i'll I'll have a you know it's just the nba draft junkie show it'll be on dash radio dash radio is um you know it's it's on it's in a lot of the cars it's in like subaru Ford, maserati a lot of the smart speakers and then um so yeah so that that will be on i'm looking forward to that and then the same content will still be on on the YouTube channel. So they'll get the exclusive rights for that particular show. So, but once a week, and then um, we could even expand to more. So I'm looking forward to that. I wish you tremendous success. Dash Radio is a great get, my friend. Is, and I'm just uh, so happy for it. And again, please, everyone, tune into me saying Jonathan Wiseman when I meant to say James Wiseman on the video that's now up and available along with all the other great videos that are out today at NBA Draft Junkies on YouTube, plus this Run the Floor podcast and NBA Draft Junkies podcast as well. Sean, a.k.a. Magic Mad, you're going to have some great stuff on the way for Lakerholics.com, so please, I know you're going to be riding with jubilant fever, fever, Whatever you want to say, just you're just going to be writing with so much jubilance when you're going ahead and typing up some articles today at Lakerholics.com. So what do you have planned for us at Lakerholics.com? Absolutely, Gerald. To quote Kobe, uh, I'm uh, buoyant about this championship. <laughs> and um, I have a few articles uh, going through a historical perspective. It's 10 years gone and we're, we're celebrating our 17th. Um, everything's happening fast and furious now. We got free agency coming up along with the draft. 
So I'm going to have an article about what front court players we can target in free agency. Um, key point, I think uh, I have a small prediction to make in free agency. I believe Aaron Baines will stay in the Pacific Division. I'm just not sure which team will sign him. I think it'll be between the Lakers, Clippers, and Warriors. Whoever gets him adds a potent piece to their front court. And let's see what the future holds. Let's see what the future holds indeed. But you can find Shine Grice, a.k.a. Magic Man, today and every day at LakerHolics.com. And last but certainly not least is the man indeed who's got probably now an extra 15,000 articles on top of the 15,000 articles he's already has in the chamber as Raphael has basically, I give him credit for saying that because it's the same every day and every day is the same. What's going on at Lakerholics.com again, another Raphael saying he's got to put that on a t-shirt. Well, I already had the article written after for game five, but I'll have to, I'll have to go in there and change the numbers from five to six. Um, so that'll give me some time to work on my, you know, my Damian Lillard trades and, uh, and, uh, other things just to uh, make the Lakers even more dominating team. Um, I do think that one of the things that's interesting about the Lakers championship this year is what impact that will have on free agents and uh, people signing for the MLE um, and on trades. Um, uh, Danny Green had an okay game, didn't do a whole lot to improve his trade status. Kuz had a... (laughs) Also, game didn't do a whole lot to to improve the value of his trading chip. Neither did Javale McGee, probably in your eyes as well. Um, Just a stretch. <laughs> Javale stock didn't drop though. Yeah, the that's true. the the interesting thing is that um, this game really probably this game was against a traditional center, a traditional center who doesn't shoot three point shots, uh, and and an all star, and an all pro defender in Bam Adebayo, and yet the Lakers opted to go small. Uh, Their version of small is a little bit bigger than most other people's version of small, but they opted to go with AD at center. And now I think it's going to, what's interesting is that neither one of the traditional centers, traditional back to the basket centers, defensive centers on the Lakers played in this game. Um, Will that really mean that Frank Vogel changes his whole attitude toward how you win because he's always been a protect the rim first, but there are different ways of protecting the rim. And the formula that we saw today with, with the ability guarding, you know, non three point shooters for AD to use his great range and length to shut off the the basket was just really impressive. And if you bring in somebody else, it makes me question, for example, whether Boogie is the right mix. Boogie will be the center. I think the Lakers will pursue him, but he's not a guy who can chase out on a, the, in the exterior and you put him in, you may have some of the same problems that we've had before on defense. He'll help on offense because he can sure stretch the floor. Um, but I'm wondering whether or not they'll really make an effort to go out and bring in a defensive center who's athletic enough to actually defend on the perimeter to have five guys who can guard all positions and can guard out to the three-point line. Um, Sean had an excellent article, and, uh, you know, you, you look at different guys out there. We both like Christian Wood a lot. Uh, I love Miles My- Turner. Um, those are two guys who can block shots and shoot the three. And I mean, you didn't like Christian Wood back in January when I proposed the that, trade. I tell you, that was one of the first times, because he's a Vegas guy, it's one of the first times that I really – Paid attention to Christian Wood when you made that proposal. Uh, part of a part of a of a Derrick Rose trade that uh, that uh, Gerald had proposed. Yeah. So like to listen to Gerald. Yeah. So the you know I so I think there's a lot of interesting things, but this puts the Lakers in the driving seat for free agency. I, I'm going to graduate out of GM school right after Raphael. He's going to be valedictorian, <laughs> and I'll be the guy next to him going, you know what? I wish I had his smarts. Well, let, let me let me end let me end this broadcast with with my appreciation and thanks for the terrific job that you've done as the host extraordinaire of Lakers Fast Break podcasts. Um, there's no doubt that you know every team needs a director, every team needs a LeBron, 
and you're our LeBron James, Gerald. Well, so congratulations for that. And and uh, my thanks. Was paid for it. And then Raphael, um, I know I've been brutal at times on on the clip or on the uh, on the uh, Blazers, um, but you've always taken the jobs in good sportsmanship, and um, I really respect your your knowledge and your insight. Uh, and uh, I hope that you'll continue to be part of the team. I'm also looking forward to you contributing to the series of articles we're going to do on how this crazy 2020 NBA year really affected us as fans and uh, and and NBA aficionados. So I'm looking forward for your contribution on that. Uh, Sean and Jamie both have done a terrific job on the blog, uh, keeping things going, uh, making sure that we don't miss any good news, uh, putting comments to drive conversations and uh, always making sure that that we have a, a respectful and informed uh, blog that that really attracts people to come back. Um, I got some new numbers from uh, GoDaddy on on the amount of traffic that we've been generating, and it's it's been startling. We've had we've had uh, really some very very large numbers on it, and so uh, things are looking real good on it. Um, uh, we're hoping to have some great off season activities there, and uh, uh, I thank you a lot, Gerald, because I think the Lakers fast break being part of the integral teamwork that we've put together. Um, I'm looking forward to Raphael putting together a series of, uh, of posts, uh, podcasts, uh, videos, if you will, for, uh, that he'll also put on, on NBA draft junkies, but also focusing on, you know, maybe a half a dozen shots of what the Lakers opportunities are in the draft and, and, uh, what players might really fit in, um, and could be contributors. I mean, I think we saw from the Miami heat, how, young players can really contribute at a high level in, in the highest of, in the biggest of arenas, you know, on the biggest stage. So uh, there's definitely, you know, I wouldn't mind if we could find a Tyler hero or a Duncan Robinson uh, uh, or a Kendrick Nunn of our own to put in there and add to some of the firepower we have. Um, and maybe even look, taking a look at THT and some of the young players that we haven't seen if any of them, fit up to to be players that might be on the move for the Lakers. So I think it's been a great collaboration between all of us. Uh, I've enjoyed every minute of it. Um, I'm presuming we're going back to our once a week or maybe twice a week. Something like that. Yeah, uh, I'm going to ease up a little bit on it. Uh, but yeah, I will be still producing obviously something at least once a week for the Lakers fast break. In fact, right now with the way that everybody is you know, it's so jubilant as far as Laker fans is concerned. I might do a couple extra shows just because there's so many people that want to express their love for the Lakers right now. But yes, uh, obviously I also have to focus in on the NBA draft and NBA coverage out there as well. Yep. Rafael Barlow, I'm going to have on again, many times more before the NBA draft. Looking forward to also getting all the NBA draft experts in. So yeah, you can expect some other Great. stuff. Go ahead, Sean. Sean. I was going to say, Gerald, uh, I just got a text from uh, from one of my uh, EMS buddies, and he says that it's been 484 days since the Raptors have defended their championship. Well, now it's coming home where it rightfully belongs. Where it rightfully On belongs. Figueroa Drive. There you go. Figueroa Drive, which unfortunately. I'm looking for some new pictures for the, for the uh, banners on the blog with the uh, 17 trophies across there instead of 16. Well, you're going to have to go ahead and get started on that. I will just say this. I mean, I could not have done this without all the great guests that have appeared on the show. Without Raphael's help, I could not have done it for the NBA playoffs. Without Sean, without you, Tom, and without Jamie Sweet providing your input over the past month, I am just so thankful and blessed to have each and every one of you by my side during this coverage. It's been a fantastic run. When I set out this, Tom, and to start going ahead and create a podcast, for specifically that was Lakers and basketball-centric, I wanted to go ahead and produce the best Lakers podcast that was out there because I heard some podcasts over the past few months. There's really one or two that were good, and there's really a whole bunch that are bad, and a lot of them are garbage. And uh, I'll tell you what, that's just saying it how like it is, somebody who's produced podcasts since 2009, I just wanted to go ahead and put my imprint on it, and I think I did. And I couldn't have done it without each and every one of you guys, where I think we're now one of the top Lakers podcasts out there. So going forward, 
If you want to hear more basketball news, basketball information, stuff on the draft, NBA, and of course, everything Los Angeles Lakers, I hope you'll continue to tune to, tune into us each and every episode right here at the Lakers Fast Break. <sighs> we are the champions, my friends. All right. I don't want to make Raphael throw up here on camera. So I will go ahead and say to you, Thank you so much for watching. To the thousands of people out there out on the internet that might have caught us or to the dozens and dozens of groups of sports groups, Lakers fans groups, and Facebook podcast groups that are out there that I shared this to. To all the listeners listening to us out there on the RTF Sports Network, the Discovery Community Network, the basically all the podcast outlets that are out there that we're on, I just cannot thank you enough for taking the time to listen to all of our great shows. And on behalf of Jamie Sweet, Sean Grice, Rafael Barlow, and Laker Tom, we truly thank you for being part of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.